Open your Bibles, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I love this passage, and as you might have heard me say before, um, I often am, am teaching what I'm learning. And where God is impacting my life, you're going to you see that overflow very often. And so that's exactly what you're getting today in, the, uh, in, in this particular passage. Um, I, I think I told you about it a while back that I came into this, this time of just really seeking the Lord, and this is where he brought me. And it was just a really, really good time in the Word, and he just really ministered to me. So I want to teach from it now a little bit. And um, so... Um, as I usually do, I, I teach out of the New American Standard, but today, because of this passage and some nuances that the Living Bible gives to it, I'm going to throw that up on the screen, and that's what I'm going to read from today, okay? So, um, so here we go. And you know what? I'm sorry it's small, but I didn't want to split up the screen, so it, I've packed it all in there, all right? So 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3 through 7, what a wonderful God we have. He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the source of every mercy. And the one who so wonderfully comforts and strengthens us in our hardships and trials. And why does he do this? So that when others are troubled, needing our sympathy and encouragement, we can pass on to them the same help and comfort God has given us. You can be sure that the more we undergo sufferings for Christ, the more he will shower us with his comfort and encouragement. We are in deep trouble for bringing you God's comfort and salvation. But in our trouble, God has comforted us. And this too, we help you to show you from our personal experience how God will tenderly comfort you when you undergo these same sufferings. He will give you the strength to endure. Amen. Amen. Let's talk a little bit, church. Tell me, and you can share from your own personal experience or you can share about a friend you know, how that is. When do we need comfort? When do we need comfort? Talk to me right now. Amen. That family needs comfort. Yeah. In sickness, right? What else? Talk to me. Getting an associate pastor. Amen. Thank you very much. Yeah. What were we going to say? Someone in the back over there, Cindy? When we're overwhelmed. Yeah. What else? Jerry? When we're sad? Hard times? When we're scared. Yeah. Yeah. When we fail. Amen. I do a lot of that. Amen. Huh? When we're uncertain. Yeah, absolutely. Being uncertain and being unsure is very uncomforting, isn't it? Uncomfortable. Yeah. What else? Anyone else? Yeah. When you're in sin, absolutely. That's on my list. Yeah, failing and in sin, that's when I do it. Um, Loss of a child. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah. We, we need comfort when sin overtakes us and we're trying to figure out how to be right. <laughs> and that's the big stuff. I mean, we need comfort when we lose loved ones like some of our family have done, and even like they have done this week, you know. And then, but it's interesting that, like, we're so feeble that we even need comfort when it's the small things, you know. It's being late someplace, and it just agitates us. It's stubbing your toe, whatever the, you know, we are so easily upset, aren't we? So easily disturbed and set out of our rhythm and our pace. We need, you know, teenagers need comfort when 
they're arriving home late and their parents are still up, right? Parents need comfort when the teenagers are still out, right? You know, um, when aging parents can't care for themselves any longer. When undiagnosed illness is our circumstance. Or, or sometimes even worse yet is when we have diagnosed illness and there's no remedy for it. When life circumstances just seem to have no end in sight, we need comfort. This passage speaks to that. You know, and so let's just look at it really quick. You know, so who comforts us? You know, oh, I'm sorry, I want to just speak to this. That, that, that term, comfort, paraclesis, it, it just communicates the idea of one person standing alongside of another to encourage and support a friend. Isn't it interesting that that's the word and the concept that the creator of the universe chooses to use? I mean, just grasp that. When, when people in power want to comfort you, they send someone else to do it, don't they? The president is going to have his secretary write you a note and say, deeply sorrow for your loss. When pe people in power want to comfort you, it's very rare. Very rare. Many years ago now, on the border of Jordan and Israel, some Israeli children, school children, were at an outing at one of the national parks. And a Jordanian guard, for no apparent reason, totally unprovoked, used his weapon and killed many of the children. That's a problem <laughs> in that neck of the woods. The response to it was the king of Jordan came and sought forgiveness and bowed down to express his comfort and his regret. Strong, strong medicine. When someone of power does that, and he doesn't send his emissary to do that. We have the creator of the universe. He spoke the stars into existence. He formed everything out of nothing. And he says, I comfort you by coming alongside to encourage and support you. We could just stop right there with this passage. That he would do that for us. The passage says, as a matter of fact, you even go a little further in the passage, who, who, who needs comfort? Who, who comforts us? Verses 3, 4, and 5 all say, it's God himself. It's God itself. Look at it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who God who comforts us in all of our affliction with the comfort which we... And then verse 5, he talks about he comforts us through Christ. It's he himself who initiates that, who seeks us, who pursues us, who wants to comfort us. It's he himself who does that, who comes alongside and wants to be there for you when you are in need. And he often does that. He often does that through us and by using us. Matter of fact, I want to just, I want to touch on the testimony of last Sunday morning with Karen Picard. And do you remember what she called us? 
She said, there's welcoming churches, there's friendly churches, and then there's pursuing churches. And I spoke to her after the service, and I said, I'd like to hear more about that. So she came by this office this week, and she said, this is what crossing is. People, it's very easy for people to say, how, how are you? It's a very different thing for people to come and say, no, how are you really? That's the, that is the essence of what it means to be comforting. And that's the essence of like God using his people to step into space and send someone else where he, where he uses his own spirit through us to comfort and to minister to others. And she said there were so many times when people didn't have, had no concept of what was going on in my life and there was a crossing person who would come and say, no, how are you really? And she said, and God's spirit would enter into those moments and just pull me through dark, dark times. That's the way God is. That's how he does it so often. Through people who pursue one another. Now, I want to just go a little bit further here. And there's, there's a who. There's also a when. Now, then, this is one. I bet you bottom dollar that some of you don't believe this. I bet you some of you are in a circumstance right now that you go, that's not my experience. He's not comforted me, and I've been here a long time. Well, what do you want me to do with this passage then? Would you like for me to rewrite it for you? Would you like for me to say this? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts most of us, but not John or Susie or Bob, in our afflictions. The text says all. So now then, when our experience doesn't match what God's word says, who's at fault? Where's the gap? Why is that the way it is? What are we supposed to do about that? You see, the very popular thing to do is to say, well, then that's not what the Bible means. That word all in Greek says not quite all but some. The other thing that's very popular to do, and you know people who've done it, and perhaps you've done it, I did it for three years of my life, is to say, that church stuff just doesn't work. I know they say it works, but for me, it didn't work. And they walk away. Maybe for life, maybe for a few years, and they walk away. Because what God's Word said and what their experience were, were so two different experiences that they said, well, obviously it doesn't work, or at least it doesn't work for me. I don't know how to do that. <coughs> well, let's explore that a little bit. If we don't feel like he's comforting us in all of our affliction, there might be a couple reasons. There's probably a lot more, but I'm just going to suggest two. One of them would be, why don't we feel comfort? Well, I think one of them is because we don't seek God. When we are in those dark moments and we are in those bad places, we don't seek God. We'll find out what Max Lucado says, or Chuck Swindoll says, or Matt Chandler says. He's suffered. He knows about it. We'll see what he says. But that's all very different than going straight into Scripture and seeing what God says. We'll go to someone else, you know, and, and say, this is what's happened in my life, but we still just don't go to God. 
We don't go to Him. We don't hear what He has to say. We don't give Him the opportunity to comfort us. See, the fact of the matter is, is the only way that your gas tank gets filled is when you pull it into a gas station. Well, the only way that you get comforted by God is when you enter into His presence. And if you're not there, you're not finding it. What does the old hymn say? Hmm, prone to wander. Amen. I am a wandering fool. A lot of you are too. I know that. We wander. And at the very moment that we need to be in his presence and we need to be with him and we need to be underneath his wings, the, the wings of the almighty in his shadow around us. At that very time is the time so often that we are working like mad to fix it ourselves. To be able to say that I did this. To be able to say that, that, that I didn't have to go for help. I don't understand why we are like that. Not completely. There's a lot of things you could say about it. But when we go into his presence, we are going to that place where we can finally be comforted. But if we're not there, it's not going to happen. Another reason that I just, I've, I've contemplated about, about why we don't find comfort is that we, we have the wrong expectations. That we just have the wrong expectations. Too often, when we think of comfort... And, you know, and I'll call you a liar to your face if you say this is not true, because this is true of every single one of us. When we think of comfort, we define it as release, escape. To us, comfort is escape. And that's not what God says. You know, this, you know when we think, about it, we think that we want escape, and the fact of the matter is, is that's not what God's talking about when he says comfort. He doesn't say he didn't say that I'll, I'll, I'll save you from that. You remember Egal's testimony back a few months ago. His testimony was that God did not rescue him from the furnace, but God was with him in the furnace. And y'all talked about it that Sunday morning, about how you found God to be there with you as well. And, and we've looked at this passage so many times, but in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. Don't forget to thank him for his answers. And if you do this, he will rescue you from all that bad stuff, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. That, again, is also in the new contemporary translation of the Bible, isn't it? Because what he says is, I'll give you peace in that circumstance. He doesn't ever say rescue. He doesn't ever promise escape. But he promises peace that will keep your hearts and your minds quiet and at rest. You know, isn't that interesting? What's going on in your mind? I've heard so many people talk about, now I'm not one of these kind of people, but like, yeah, I, I haven't been able to sleep for months worrying about this. Because this thing is consuming them, whatever it may be. And they're not resting. And God says that my solution to your problem is rest, is peace. When we talk about what we want to be like in front of the world, the world is looking, the world is chasing so many things to try and find rest and peace and escape. 
so many of us who have gone into addiction is because we're looking for escape from our circumstances. And he says, I can give you that. Not escape, but I'll give you peace. The greatest quote from Dave Shaw that I've ever heard is after he got saved, he goes, I sleep at night. Amen? Yeah. I sleep at night. Because for the first time in his adult life, he found peace. He found the peace that God promised. And so, God never, never promises escape. In, instead, what happens is, is, is that we, we want escape, and he wants character. We want release, and he wants Christ-likeness. We want freedom from pain, and he wants dependence on him. Circumstances are always a part of God's plan. To build character, to shape and mold, to draw attention to himself. And he does that when he gives peace and comfort in just inexplicable circumstances. Now, how? Do we have a how in here? How? This is the other thing about it. Is he says, I give this in abundance. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which God comforts ourselves. He does it in verse 5. He says, For just as the sufferings of Christ are always in abundance, so is our comfort in abundance through Christ. In abundance. In abundance. Not a little bit. Not a little bit to get us along. Now, then this is really interesting. Um, is that I don't believe that he gives us grace in a circumstance and then says, okay, you're done. You won't need to talk to me about this. No, I think he wants us to depend upon him. And so each and every day, perhaps even each and every moment, he is seeking for us to come and depend upon him in that moment, in that very moment, and find it in abundance. This is not like, a, this is not like something where, you know, you cash in your your comfort card, and he gives you all the comfort for this circumstance. No, he's not looking for that. You, we would, you know, we're, gonna, we're wanderers, and if that's the way it was, we would wander. We'd cash in our card, and we would wander. But instead, what it is, is each and every day, he's seeking relationship, he's seeking intimacy, he's seeking dependence, and in that moment, he's saying, it's an abundance. It's in abundance. But again, it's in abundance when we seek him, when we're in his presence, when we're pursuing him. So, and he says that he does it in abundance. He says he also does it through Christ there in verse 5. And that would mean through his word, through his spirit, through his people. And you hear that people must be in relationship now, there's one thing here. He does this in relationship. How, you know, he speaks in verse 4 there, who comforts all in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. Do you catch that? <coughs> He's saying, I'm going to give you comfort, Steve, so that when Michael has this experience, 
you can comfort him with it. That speaks to relationship. I guess I have to tell you, when all of these Christian superstars say, you know what, I really don't need the church anymore. I don't really need it anymore. I can do this on my own. I don't really need the church. I got to tell you, I just almost said a dirty word. That's a bunch of baloney. <laughs> That's not the word I was thinking. That's a bunch of baloney. That is just not true. Because that verse right there says you are in relationship. And that's how we comfort each other. Because I'm sitting in a room and you learn that I'm in a circumstance and you came out of that circumstance and you come alongside and you say, this is what God did for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And then you say, I can have faith for that same Jesus in my life as well. It speaks about relationship. And that's why the family of God is so important. And that's why we need to be here. That's why we need to be in, in, in small groups, in Bible studies. That's why you need to be in a place where you're in a relationship. And I've got to tell you something. Being here on Sunday morning, once a week, it doesn't cut it. That's not relationship. That's attendance. And it's nice to fill the chairs, but that's not enough. You need to come in this room and know that you have people sitting across the aisle with you, from you that you know because you're in relationship outside of this room and outside of this one hour and 15 minutes. Today it's going to be longer than that, I guarantee you. But, you know, you need to know because that's when you find out what God has brought them to. That's when you find out the grace of God that he's given to someone who's lost a child. That's what you find out when the grace of God who's someone who's lost a job. That's when you find out the grace of God for someone who has an ailing parent that you just can't keep up with anymore and you don't know if you can sustain this. That happens in relationship. And if you're not in relationship, then you don't get that. That would be the other thing maybe we should say, is that, is that the reason you don't find comfort is because he says that we comfort each other. And if you're not in relationship, you're not in a situation to get that comfort from someone else. So... It's important. It just really is important. So, and that's the next part, is why does he comfort us? <coughs> Not for our benefit, but for the benefit of others. That's what he says there. You know, and that's the thing, is that we think that he should comfort us because I am in pain here. So pay some attention to me. I am in pain here. I'm in a very uncomfortable situation and I need comfort because this is all about me. Hello? I'm in, I'm in pain. And he's like going, let me tell you something. I'm going to give you comfort because I have someone else coming down the pike who needs to hear this. He doesn't comfort you for your benefit. He comforts you for the benefit of his name and his glory and his renown and his reputation in this church, and in this community. And so this is what I envision. This is what I wish you would see the bigger vision for, is that what I want you to see the vision for is that you show up on a work day, and you happen to be raking along somebody you've never met who doesn't know Christ, and somehow another conversation comes up that they speak about having a chronic illness, and you can speak about how Christ has met you in that. That's the benefit of a work day. That's the big picture for a work day. It isn't about coming and fixing this place up. We can pay people to do that. Not a lot, but we can. <laughs> it's about people being in relationship so that they see Christ, they know Christ, and they understand him in a completely different way. That's what that work day is about, especially this one coming up.
if everything comes together well. Yeah. So that someone else can understand how God entered into your circumstance and met you there and give them hope for their circumstance. Not just for the benefit of ourselves. Because, and this is my favorite Randy Alcorn illustration, because we're supposed to pass on what we've been given. And, you know, and that's like the FedEx guy who has packages to deliver and he keeps them for himself. If God comforts you and you keep them for yourself, you ought to be fired because you're a bad FedEx person. Because God comforts you so you can deliver a package to someone else who needs that comfort for them. You know, I see Tony Nolinsky back there shaking her head because Tony understands comforting someone else who's lost a child. Because she's been there. She's experienced it. There's purpose in tragedy when we see it like that. Doesn't take away the pain, but there's purpose. And you have that as well in whatever your circumstance is. Chronic illness. You have that yourself. Not release, but purpose. All of a sudden you have purpose for your pain because it's intended for somebody else. What about you? Do you want release more than godliness? Or is your life really just wrapped up in you? Or is God preparing you in your circumstance for someone else, for something else? Very first thing, I know I repeat certain stories over and over, but they're just so good, you can't, can't leave them alone. You can't just say them once. Very first thing, in the spring of 1978, when I first was set down to be discipled, I had a little book, and the person discipled me told me, he said, write this down. God is more interested in your response to your circumstances than he is in your circumstances. First thing I ever wrote down, first lesson I was ever going to learn about God. Because my response to my circumstances reveals my character, my dependence on him, my need for him. It reveals, like, who I'm going to go to for my comfort. And God says to us, your, situ- your circumstances are my circumstances. Come to me. Come to me. It reveals who you depend upon and who's going to comfort you in those circumstances. This morning, the challenge is before every one of us because we've all got circumstances about who are we going to depend upon? Who are we going to seek comfort from? Where are we going to find comfort from? And ultimately, when we are comforted, who are we going to talk about? Well, I was comforted by a six-pack. I was comforted by porn. I was comforted by escape. I was comforted by Jesus. That's the challenge to each and every one of us each and every day. And then when you're comforted by him, there's going to be somebody Scripture says it. There's going to be somebody who's going to come down the path and need what you got. Now then, that's the experience in God part of the equation. Are you going to be looking for that and anxious? Think about this. Think about this. This is what gives purpose to pain, to be in pain, 
to understand you're in pain and then to find that he gives you comfort and then be anxiously going, I can't wait until I find the person who's working through this that I get to tell them how Jesus met me there. That is mission. That is purpose. That is zeal for God's purposes in your life and how he's dealing with you. And that's what he longs for us to have. That eagerness to find him to meet us in that deep, dark moment and then to be able to turn around and give that hope to somebody else. And it's not our hope. It's that Jesus, Jesus met me there and he'll meet you there too. And that's what he's longing for. That's great, great hope. That's the kind of hope our world needs.